This is Phantom Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Twitch, our YouTube, and Facebook channels. We have Brina Rose for the first time. We have her on the air. So hi to your fans. <laughs> hi, guys. So we're happy to have you on. We, we've been a podcaster since 2018. Uh, we talked to you know musicians all over the world. We talked to actors, um, you know, content creators. And we used to just be on Spotify and um, on, on the audio podcast, but now we're doing these YouTube and Facebook live video podcasts that are still gonna be on our Spotify channels, uh, audio only channels, but we like this forum because we're getting ready to talk about Brianna Rose's Back to Memories new Spotify single. And there's, a, there's not a video, but we're gonna show what's on YouTube, which is kind of like you know a lyric video, maybe not lyric video, but we wanna be able to give uh, one of the cool things about doing this version of the podcast is now we can actually show the fans the music that we're talking about. Where previously we'd talk to people and then we couldn't actually play the music. And, and yeah. you think that that's one thing. So we're going to cue this up. We're going to get it up so you can see back to memories. And, and this is like the cover of, of the of the of the record or the single. Yep. That's cool. So. We've, yeah, we're getting ready to get into it. So we're going to put you on mute and then, then we're going to play it. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about your whole process of, of being an artist and your, your history of being in music. And so we'll, we'll introduce everybody to what you're doing. So hold on. And we're going we're gonna to get this going. Here we go. Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. Oh, 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 oh,
stupid thoughts run into my head Over 500 days just to wind up dead And now I'm holding the knife and there's pain in my eyes And I'm wondering why the wrong choice has to feel so right Cause now I'm falling asleep next to someone new Never thought that there'd be anybody with me but you I've got blood on my hands, nobody understands This is not what I play Bring me back to the memories in my head And we'd fall asleep all in bed And count the stars on the palm of our hearts Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. You know I never meant to go this far. I'm breaking, but they can't see the scar. Can't you see I'm falling apart? Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. Bring me back to the memories in my head. And we fall asleep, oh, in bed. And count the stars on the bottom of our hearts. Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. You know I never meant to go this far. I'm breaking, but they can't see the scar. I'm falling apart. Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. Bring me back to the memories in my head. We fall asleep alone in bed and got the stars on the bottom of our hearts. Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. You know I never meant to go this far. I'm breaking, but they can't see the scar. Can't you see I'm falling apart? Bring me back, oh, bring me back now. Okay, so we're back on the air. I hope everybody could hear that. You could hear it, right? <laughs> yeah, I could hear it. Oh, good. Because I was kind of scared. Like, did I do something wrong? And they couldn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> You're always doing different things with this podcast. But um, let me get to this angle now. Because I, I actually like this one when we're talking. So, like, so that song, um, I was reading a little bit about what you wrote to me when I, um, when you wrote up the, like, write up on it. You said mm-hmm. it's about a relationship that took uh, like a twist and the longing to undo a past mistake. So maybe yeah. talk about that because that's that's the first thing we 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 just put on, and um, we'll talk about back to memories and like how you actually crafted the song and what it means to you as a song. Yeah, for sure. So I wrote that song um, in January of 2020. Well, actually, I wrote it in February of 2020 about something I had gone through in January. I had kind of the worst breakup of my life. And of course, being an artist, I used my art to express how I was feeling. Um, And so at the time I was working with a band called Untold and we just started like working on this song. And of course this like whole new relationship situation was like fresh in my brain. So that was what I wanted to write about. And it was kind of, it was an interesting situation because I won't get too much into the details, but it resulted in me sort of being the bad guy of the situation. And you hear all blame for everything. (laughs) Right. And so you hear all these like breakup songs and stuff about how like, you know, someone like the other person was like, yeah, did the thing. And in this case, it was weird because I knew that I did the bad. And so I, you know, it was just like a weird balance of knowing that it was my fault, but also like wishing I could undo it, but knowing I had done it for the right reasons. And I wrote this song in like that period where I like was like, oh no. I done messed up. And so that's kind of like really where the song came from was like, oh no, I know that I'm the bad guy. I can't undo this. I want to, but I know that I did it. And so that was kind of just like where the song came from and back to the memories and wanting to go 
back to you know a, a good place that I was in. So like a better and, memory, not the, like not where you ended up. Right. Like, once you're in a relationship, it's kind of like Neil Young always talked about, like in his life, that he like he hit the ditch, and he actually did this thing where he had this called the Ditch Trilogy. We had done mm-hmm. like all these like uh, like Nashville really high end albums really mm-hmm. turned the sound and then he decided to go into the ditch and do all this really grungy sound which mm-hmm. people were like why are you going from all these beautiful harmonies to all this like heavy rock like tonight right. stuff like that and he called it like the ditch like like you take it's like a relationship that goes into the ditch like i just took that like, whole thing and just went right into the ditch and then just like i just dumped it you know and oh for and, sure and, i was in the ditch yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like i think as artists it's interesting because i think like a lot of what we do um, as singer songwriters, we take the pain in our lives and we take something that happens. And because we're kind of like, you know, we're poets, we're songwriters, um, we, we kind of feel the muse and we can take that. And it, it's a universal thing. So like, even though you, you talk about yourself, right, but people, everybody has these things happen to them. But as as a writer, you can do it in a way that is like maybe universally understood in a song or like a writing or an actor that does a romantic mm-hmm. movie um when they they portray those feelings in what they do i think that's that's like the the art of being an artist right for sure is that what made you want to be a musician the, the ability like you knew you could convey uh or you could like have like an empathy that you could bring to the music as a singer songwriter you wanted to tell those type of stories? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, like, all of my music comes from my own experiences and, like, comes from the heart. And I think that that's, like, a huge part of being a singer-songwriter and putting your stuff out there is you're, you're putting out your truth and you're telling people, you know, you're really opening up your, like, heart and your whole world to random strangers on the internet. And you hope that somewhere it's going to, like, stick with someone and it's going to resonate with someone. And, like, you know, you hope that people can can agree with you or can, like, feel what you're feeling. And, you know, it's it's this whole, there's, I don't know, I don't know a good way of saying it, but you're really breaking down, like, these boundaries between you and just the rest of the world. And you hope that you know, you're helping someone out there understand what they're going through. So we're going to take it back a little bit because you you kind of told us like you had actually started and you were in a band. Yes. And, and that's interesting because sometimes people start, well, actually it's kind of common that a lot of artists, you know, maybe aren't confident enough to be on their own and do start in groups. And then later they mm-hmm. kind of come out into their own, you know, you know they either go solo or they create another group and so you right. actually started with the band you indicated you were in um i think i was trying to i think i have it yeah yeah untold was the untold. name of it so untold was yeah. the band. in 2018 you were the lead singer of that band yeah so, so... so what maybe tell the story and then maybe that kind of tells like how you you started like how did you get into um untold and then decide to kind of go in, on your own Yeah, for sure. So I guess I actually have to take it further back than Untold. I started music really in musical theater um, because that's kind of um, where I originated is in theater. And it's actually my current major. I'm a theater major at UCSB. 
And so I was actually in a show at my school. I was performing in Greece. I was the Pink Lady Marty. And I had my own song. I sang the song, Freddie, My Love. And that was like my first, I guess, like bigger musical role. And the next day I had gotten a text from one of my friends at school um, saying, hey, I didn't know you could sing. The lead singer of our band just like dropped out. Do you want to come audition for us? And I said, heck yeah, I totally want to come audition for you guys. So I came in and I met the band and I like sang a little bit with them and they said, yeah, like we love you. So I just ended up like playing with the band and it was it was fun. We played for almost two years. We had a bunch of different gigs. We did some um, some of our own writing. We put some songs out, some original stuff. We did some covers. We were kind of all over the place, but it was a lot of fun. Um, so that was pretty much the deal with band. Well, that's interesting. So had being a theater major, I think it's interesting because I've always um, thought and even doing the ghost stuff is like, I think you know, I wear a costume, I wear this LED thing, I, I create characters like Josephine. And I think, you know, my heroes are people like Freddie Mercury and, and David Bowie and Lady Gaga, you know, people who mm-hmm. actually become other people. And so the yeah. musicians sometimes kind of dive into a theater-like aspect. So when you were doing theater, did you ever think, because you were singing type of theater, that you mm-hmm. would want to go the pop star route? you know, or, or, or into music, or do you say, well, I'm just, I'm doing this because I purely want to be a theater major. I'm not even thinking about a band. And when they Mm -hmm. asked you, it was like the first time you ever thought about it or had you been thinking about it? Um, I think that theater and like music for me are like separate in certain ways, connected in certain ways. I've always loved just like singing separately from theater. You know, I was always like doing my like talent shows in like elementary school and like singing and stuff like that so I've I've always like considered music and like singing and wanting to do that kind of stuff I guess I just never really got the opportunity to do like that side of it until you know I got hit up and asked to like be part of this band and it's interesting that you talk about like you know putting on a costume and like becoming another like person or character because I think that that's What I really enjoy about theater is that, you know, I am actually an introvert, which is, you know, weird to some people because they think, oh, like you get on stage in front of hundreds of people and you are able to just like do that. And that's normal. And I'm like, yeah, because that's not me. I'm putting myself into the shoes of someone else and I'm able to like, yeah. So when there's 300 people in the audience, I am, you know, someone else. I am Marty in Greece or I am so and so. And so that's like always been really interesting for me to like just not be Brina and like just be someone else um and so then what's interesting for me about music is that it's almost the complete opposite like I am actually in my music I'm the most me that I can be I'm not a character I am you know talking about my own life and it's stuff that like this that's actually the most difficult thing for me because it's not scripted and I'm not, I don't have the blocking and I'm not told you have to stand here at this place and you say this at this time. It's like, I just have to be myself. So I think that, you know, theater and music for me are like 
you know, as I said earlier, they're interconnected, but they're totally different because I'm two different people in like these different worlds, kind of. That's interesting because I, I, I always, um, like I make assumption, like the, the way Bowie went at it was that, you know, he tried to come into music being David Jones, right? That was his original thing. And then he became David Bowie and he became Ziggy and he became the Thin White Duke. And he decided that he didn't want to be himself, right? He wanted to create this other him. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe there's some truth in Ziggy that is Bowie, that is David Jones, right? But he wanted right. to put layers over it to kind of create this show. And, you know, you see, like, you know, like you got guys like Robert Plant, they, you know, and, you know, and uh, Roger Daltrey from the, the Who and Axel Rose. They seem like, you know, when they're on stage, it seems like that's not really maybe them. There's a little bit of a mask there, right? Um, right. So it seems like in music that like you can go the route of being maybe more authentic, like a Connor Oberts or a Joan Baez or a Dylan. You're going to be like that singer songwriter folk singer where maybe you're more in tune with your original self mm-hmm. um but it's like i think the theater capability i think as you as you grow as a musician i think you can take that and and use it oh for I, sure I, you could kind of create that that wall because sometimes like if you give too much yourself in your songs you kind of open yourself up to what I, mean, I wonder as an artist you get scared when you write that you feel too much of 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 you, and, mm-hmm. and you want to have a little bit of a wall. So when you create a right. song, you kind of think about like, well, how much am I actually going to reveal, or I'm I'm just gonna, you know, reveal. Yeah. What yeah, I definitely like think about that. I actually recently I've been just kind of working on like some other like potential like song lyrics and stuff like that. And there's always a thought in the back of my mind. Like I just wrote some stuff lately that's been like really definitely like the most intense thing that I've written. And part of me is like, I need to put this out. Like this, this is what I'm feeling. And then the other half of me is like, well, what are people going to think? And this is like a lot, like, are people going to be, you know, thinking I should be put up in a mental hospital for this, like, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, that's how much do I want to tell people? Yeah. And it's also. About, yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because like we, when you are a singer, people like, even if you create characters, people start to wonder, you know, like, you know, like when Amy Winehouse was doing what she was doing, people are wondering, like, is that really her? Or right. is this, this other her? And then we mm-hmm. come to find out like a lot of it was her um right and, and, and so but some people they they have layers right and so they create this other person and they're like is that really you know like robert plant when he's talking all this fanciful stuff is that really what he does in the real you know maybe not um you mm-hmm. know and and so there's a lot of that kind of like okay the, i i like the idea like in literature of this other me like you're looking in the looking glass there's like a victorian poet used to have this idea i'm gonna look in the looking glass and the person i see is this other me and it actually right. is me, but it's like a it's a different part of your personality. And oh, I think singer sure. songwriters like you you tap into that whether you put a makeup on like Kiss or you become an actor Rose or you do a Bowie, you do have this little bit of an other me. Like you said, people see that you're shy, right? But then you mm-hmm. go on stage, and and so that's like the other you. Yeah, that sure. confident you that can be on stage. And present and then you have this other you that's more sensitive that people like they can't even imagine that you could do that 
right? Yeah. So that's yeah, it's weird. interesting. Do you find that 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 you feel free on stage? Yeah, I I think that you know it's weird because as many eyes as you have on you, it's like that's the time where I feel most not judged almost. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can just kind of be up there and like doing my thing. But when I'm, you know, in school, I feel more like intimidated by people than when I'm like up rocking out in front of like a venue, you know? And I think maybe part of that just comes from, I've received a lot of like pushback in my music um, from, you know, kids in high school would like have things to say about it. And so there's just been, there's been a lot um, of, of that kind of stuff going on. But I, I think that all of that has encouraged me to like keep going and keep going with this Brina Rose thing. I think what happens like with you're a creative person, right? 90% yeah. of people, they're not creative, right? They don't they just go to nine to five jobs and they do whatever they're doing. And us creators, there's always somebody that's going to say, oh, why did you do that, right? But they never do anything like that. They never create, yep. right? So I always look at the person that spends all their time critical of, of creators. I'm like, but you never take any kind of effort to do anything. Mm -hmm. So, of course, as creators, we're going to make mistakes. And as oh, yeah. musicians, like we, sometimes our mistakes become our greatest thing. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. our happy accidents we create our greatest work. Mm -hmm. And so we can't be like scared of mistakes, you know, because it's kind of like how we grow. And, and the other thing that's interesting is like some musicians, like they have such trepidation uh, before mm -hmm. they get on stage. Right. They have all these stories of these great musicians that like just getting to the stage, it's so painful for them. But you know, once they get on stage, they're they're good. But right, it's like yeah. it's like the 10 minutes before or the hour before mm -hmm. that they're having so much trouble, right? And then once they yeah. get there, then it's cool. And then once they get off, then they have trouble. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's so always like this kind of it's this hard thing is like so we kind of put ourselves in these different states to get to where we need to be and mm -hmm. then then you know sometimes we're, we we got to travel and you know you're going to travel eight hours to do 20 minutes or 10 minutes or an hour or you do 10 hours to do an hour and it's right. like you have to go through all the stuff that you don't really like to get to the place that you want to do what you love <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so it, 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 I don't know if people understand how much work musicians have to put in to what they even create and before they even get yeah. any kind of pay, any kind of recognition. Um, so it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. And, mm -hmm, and you sure. have to love it, right? To do it. Yep. And so I'll kind of yeah. go back a little bit. So we know that you got into music because you were in the theater. So mm -hmm. like, I guess the question I always ask, like, well, so what age did you actually like have the idea of like singing? I, I honestly, like, I always say I've been doing it all my life and like people, you know, say that all the time, but like, it's kind of true. I can't remember when I really started. I remember in second grade, I wrote my first song. Um, it was not very good because I was, you know, seven and I, I was sitting, I remember distinctly sitting in the bathroom and it was the day after Earth Day. And for some reason, I was just 
thinking about Earth Day as like a seven-year-old. And I wrote this song called Earth Day about Earth Day. I remember every lyric to that song. And my grandpa actually helped me because he is very like involved in music. And so I went to his house and he helped me like write a track for it he sat down at his keyboard and he was like okay sing it for me and so I started like singing it as this little seven-year-old and he's like figuring it out on the keyboard and we like he put some like beats in there and he we made a song and I sang it at my you know second grade talent show and I was so proud of it so that was like the first time I really got into like writing anything and then it was just kind of like from there I just kind of like dabbled in it every once in a while I've always just had like lyric ideas and I would I would come up with things and I would sing in the shower and I'd like improvise stuff and I would like write it down in like my notes on my phone and I'd like take voice recordings I have like you know hundreds of notes and voice recordings of just random songs that I've started in my phone somewhere and so yeah I guess like kind of going back to the actual question is like, yeah, I guess I, I started just kind of doing it all my life. And it's just been something that I, I don't know when I really considered it as any sort of like career, probably when I started my, like got into my band was, and then started my solo stuff. I was like, okay, maybe I can like do this like legitimately and professionally, but it's just kind of been something that's always been a part of my life. And there's, there's yeah. been, you know, my grandpa and his sister is actually a singer too. So it's like, it's always been yeah, people in your family. That, so yeah, it's, it's good when you have, you know, people in a family that don't think of music as like, why are you even doing that? Right. Right. Um, some people are like, you're like, Oh, go be a lawyer, go be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm so glad like, I don't oh. have that. Yeah. yeah my parents are so supportive. Yeah, that's very hard. Like you get some people, they have to actually run away from home. Right. Do yeah, I know. Because there's people won't support it. And so that's cool that you had support that way because like a lot of a lot of people they find um and the thing is that's really interesting about music, I try to tell people is like in if you think about the world, right? The corporate world, like everything has a jingle on it, everything has music on it, all yes. the has music on it. So th there's artists. You know, my daughter's a graphic artist, and there's so much mm -hmm. art in in, yeah. in the world, right? And so they act like artists can't make it when it's being used like everywhere, but then they people kind of denigrate or act like it's not worth anything. Right. Um, there's so much they're, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I I think that that's that people don't realize how much um, you know, art is already part of the world, and then mm -hmm. people kind of minimize it because they don't think it's like, oh, that's not a real career. Um, right. But but. It's, I think that the thing that's interesting is like the per people that you get into music, you know, you're in theater, you're probably doing like Greece, you're doing things um, that other people wrote, but then you, mm -hmm. like you said, you were, you started to write very early. So yeah. you kind of knew you wanted to have a, your own voice. And I always mm -hmm. have this question, like when you realize you had a talent for music and then start to write your own music, mm -hmm. because there are people that are studio musicians or classical musicians, and they never really write their own stuff. Right. right? But they're professional musicians, but they don't write their own music. Um, but the, the, the singer-songwriter, like you, have like this vision, and you want to write your own material. And so, when did that really start to flourish? Like when when you met the band, and then you guys started saying we want to write songs. But you sound like you were writing songs a little bit before that. 
Yeah, I was definitely, so the song that I already like kind of talked about was the first song that I like wrote. Um, and then I, I started just writing some other stuff. I actually went to a like arts sleepaway camp when I was nine called Perry Mansfield. And I remember taking a songwriting class and that's when I actually really learned how to do like the structure of a song, like, okay, you do a verse and a chorus and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so in that class, we wrote two songs and I was, I was a very active participant in that class, I will say. I had so many ideas. And so um, that was, you know, I, I wrote those. And then after that, I was like, okay, now I understand like how to write a song and what is the structure of a song. And so, you know, from there, I just kind of kept like throwing together random things. I'd try to like mess around like on my computer on GarageBand, like with writing stuff. It never really got anywhere because I was not very good at like the production part of it. But then, yeah, getting into my band was the first time that it was like, okay, I have people with instruments and the ability to record stuff and let's write some songs. And so our first song that I actually like wrote for the band was called Far Too Gone. And that was definitely my favorite one that I wrote with the band. Um, I had recorded another one before that that their old singer had written um, and I got to record that with them. But then we did ours and it was super fun. We got to do like a music video and everything for it. So that was a good time. And then we did one other song after that. And then we tried to write this current song and then uh COVID happened and yeah, so yeah. that's pretty like, much yeah COVID kind of stopped a lot of people that were making like forward progress in what they're yeah. trying to do you know and mm -hmm. the interesting thing is that so I, I, I've been in bands and I I not but you know a solo artist but um mm -hmm. the cool thing I liked about when I was in a band when I started like in music was the fact that you know yeah, I might come to the band. I'm a piano player. I'm a keyboard player. So I mm -hmm. would have the, like a lot of the chords, the melody, and I might even have like a drum pattern I did on a synth or something. But right. like once I brought it to the drummer, he's going to do like take whatever I did and like make it real, right? Because he's yeah. a drummer. He, he really knows how to add more. And the bass player is going to add a way more complex bass part because they're a bass player. And yeah. so like even and even my chords on my piano once a guitar player gets those chords they're going to do what a guitar can do mm -hmm. um, so did you like when you wrote songs did you kind of write write from more of the lyrical um, standpoint or did you have like chord structures or anything that you melodies you kind of or was like this whole okay i'm working with this whole group and you kind of collaborate with the whole group and kind of have mm -hmm. happy accidents or or did you have like maybe to tell us a little about like the process of writing with people versus not maybe not writing with people. Yeah. Maybe writing so it, all your own stuff. Yeah. It's interesting because when I was writing before I got into the band, it was always just me. And so it was always just me coming up with like lyrics. Like I kind of come up with like my lyrics and my melody at the same time, because it's usually just me like sitting there improvising. And then I come up with like a verse and and then it's interesting because then when I went into the band, it was like, okay, well, I can't really do that anymore. There were some times where I would like bring lyrics to the band and they could build around them. But most of the time it was, they would write something and I would need to like create lyrics off of that, which I hadn't really done before. 
but it actually ended up being easier than I thought it was because I had something to go off of. So usually it would just be like, you know, our guitar player would like come up with like a little like riff or something. And then, you know, she would record that. And then someone would like play something on top of that. And then suddenly we'd have this thing and we'd be like, okay, we've got a set of chords, loop it, just like keep going. And so then I would sit there as they were playing and be like, <laughs> like, you know, sitting there like thinking about. But you, but the thing yeah. is that you were right, right, like you're a writer, you, you kind of know melody, you're a vocalist, right? When I, when I used to work, like, you know, I, I sing on my own stuff now, but mm -hmm. when they were vocalists, the one thing I did notice that like vocalists that write, right, they, they'll come in and listen to the groove. Mm -hmm. They might have like ideas in their head or like a little notebook or, yeah. or they might just have it in their head. They, they have all these ideas, right? There's all this stuff that you, you're working on. And then once yeah. you hear something, it kind of triggers, oh, I could use that, right? Yeah. So then you, like, it's, cause so you, your talent as the singer, songwriter is like, okay, I know what I will go with that, right? I know mm -hmm. what to work with that. And the guys who, you know, there aren't singers, you know, more of the musicians in the band are kind of, they can create the grooves, they can lock in and, and create the, you know, the, the, the chord structures. Right. But it's the singer vocalist that kind of takes that and said, okay, I'm going to do, that I'm going to figure out how to actually turn this into a song. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, usually I would just kind of go home and they would send me like a voice recording, like a, a voice memo of just like whatever we had come up with in band rehearsal. And I would sit there with like my headphones and I would just like loop it over and over and over. And I'd sit there like in my room and be like, you know, like going along with it and be like, okay, I came up with something. And then I'd go to them and be like, okay, I came up with something. You're going to have to loop this four more times. You're going to have like, and so it was just like, that kind of like back and forth structure. And then sometimes it was like, yeah, like it would spark something that I had already like come up with and like, oh, like I can use that and stuff like that. But that was kind of the general writing process. It was fun. We came up with some, <laughs> some pretty good stuff. Yeah, I think that that's a really cool thing. And then it's harder, like, like, like I'm not, I'm, I'm like a solo artist now for a while and I, I have to kind of do like everything. So, mm -hmm. so as, as a singer songwriter do you work with like producers to like help you uh craft the same way you were in the band do you work with like a producer and then kind of yeah, be able to get your your grooves or your beats and then do mm -hmm. the, like what they call like the top lines over right so like right. this idea like in the professional song like oh i gotta we got all these grooves we got all these beats and then we gotta look at these top lines to go with them um, mm -hmm. Are you kind of in that mode now? Because you've been more into it more, like where you're, you're working in that kind of structure. Yeah. So it's been. I've done a couple of different things because I've worked with some different people. So I got into like my solo music scene mostly because of my friend Nadia, who you know, who is a singer herself, and she introduced me to some of her producers back in 2018, and. Um, the way that we had written that song was kind of almost the same way as with my band. We all sat in the studio and I had like an idea that I wanted to write a song about. And so we we kind of sat there and we started like hashing out like just like random lyric ideas and just like we just like went into like the whole like story and started just coming up with like, okay, we need to touch on this, we need to touch on this. And so then we had like one of our like engineers just start throwing down some beats 
and just like mm -hmm. and then we were like sitting there and we're listening to it and it's like in the background and we're like okay and we're like going along with it and that was kind of the way that that song formed was like from the beats and from like the the music we just started building off of that yeah, so and then yeah very cool. yeah like band like but, it's still band like yeah but then this song that like you know i just put out is actually it was different because I had written it mostly with my band, but, you know, obviously when COVID hit, we weren't able to do anything. And then the band broke up. I moved out to California and I pretty much said, yo, do you guys care if I do the song myself? We're not like, we never did anything with it. And they said, go ahead. So I ended up, I took it back to Nadia and I said, Hey girl, I'm in California. I have a song um do you want to do something she introduced me to her new production team and so this this one was different because now we had a song and we had to build around it so we started just like i i sent them the very rough track of the song and they started you know kind of doing the same thing where it was like we had you know this guy will who was on guitar and he just started like playing the chords and like figuring out like, okay it's that and then that and then that and then from there, we actually totally ended up changing the song. Like it's the one that you, you know, just played. Yeah, is like nothing like the original, which is like weird because it's like the same song, but it's not at all. We ended up changing a lot of the lyrics. We put it in a whole new key. We like changed the tempo. And so, you know, yeah, in some ways I think COVID because like it yeah, let me- songs become like, like I've I've gone back and and taken something I wrote like five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a different place. Yeah. I, like I changed the key. I changed like the major instruments that were in it. It mm -hmm. was maybe it was all piano, and then it becomes like rock, or it was yeah. like rock, and then it becomes like piano, or it was like you know it was like techno funk, and it wasn't funky before. Mm -hmm. And in you know so. It, it's it's interesting like how you can even you know take your own stuff and and decide no that doesn't work right so mm -hmm. you have like all your demos and and what ends up being the final piece is like that i think it's like a lot of, i'm a music fan right and i love right. going back and listening to the process right on some of my favorite artists and seeing like okay here here's what dylan did with this or neil did with this mm -hmm. or Frank did with this thing and then seeing like how it became what it became and yeah well like when you're an artist and you're like you you saw you had this song that was like with one band mm -hmm. you take it because of the covid and you bring it to another group and it kind of transformed into yeah one for sure thing. it's kind of like situational you mm -hmm. never know what fate's gonna do to your song you know <laughs> yeah yeah it was so interesting because i I'm a very stubborn person. Anyone who knows me knows that. And so it was weird coming into the initial like session with everyone, having this song that I thought was done and just needed to be recorded. And okay. we oh, no, sat there. <laughs> yeah, they just start picking it apart. And I was like, oh my God, like my song, what, what is happening to it? It's everywhere. It's in pieces. And, you know, Nadia kept assuring me, she's like, trust the process, just trust okay. the process. And so I was skeptical at first, but I trusted the process. And I went back and I did a whole bunch of rewrites. And I'm like, yeah, it's better. <laughs> like, it definitely, it, it, it transformed, as you said. 
becomes like the evolution of an artist. I, I think as you, as you get more and mm-hmm. more in the business, right? As a like, I'm a keyboardist, and I <clears throat> started out, you know, maybe like in the Doors, mm-hmm. and then into funk, and then you know, get listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire, and it's like listen, listening to Steve. Then you like, then I get I listen to a guy like Trent Reznor. Then I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. oh, like everything I was doing, I was like, now I want to do something really radical, right? right. So, like, I want to go and take it like a Joy Division or take it like a mm-hmm. new order. And so it's like different styles that can suddenly you get enamored with that style. And you're like, oh, I was doing this other thing. And now I'm like, I'm so into this new way of doing it. I'm going to use different chords. I'm going to do it. And yeah. it's like, it's like they get into these moods, you know, or, or mm-hmm. like errors in your music, right? Where like you go into any artist and like there, there's like a certain phase of an artist where they're doing. You know, like the Beatles. The Beatles had their yeah. like, you know, you know, you know, they're, they're kind of teen bop phase, mm-hmm. right? help and all these things. And then they suddenly start going into Revolver and Rubber Soul, and then mm-hmm. they get the Sgt. Peppers, and they're not who they were on Help. You know, now right. they suddenly become the psychedelic band. Mm-hmm. It's like serious, and it's like they were more like, oh, these guys are just a bunch of kids playing around, and now uh-huh. they're like serious musicians right they're serious yeah artists and it's like suddenly they're they're looking at them like wow you know they even like the beastie boys they started like kind of being funny like like it was mm-hmm. like a joke and then they became right. like a very serious hip-hop group that was like wow these guys are just as good as any other hip-hop they're like de la soul like public enemy like oh they, they were on mm-hmm. the same level they it wasn't a joke anymore you know? right and so i see like, that with a lot of people yeah, I think you get into music and then suddenly you you start to take it serious. You start to realize what you can do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was going to so say, I, yeah, I yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that I, I've seen phases to my work. My my first song I ever put out, which is now since been taken down um, because, you know, it's one of those things that, I was in a phase that I don't think represents me as an artist anymore. Um, it was very more pop geared and I, that's not who I am, you know, no hate to pop music, but that's not Lord my style. Rock. And Lord. so, yeah. And so it was like, I came in with this song and I said, I need this to sound like my sound. Like I need to just evolve, you know, my sound for, for, like lack of better words. Um, And it's definitely this more heavy rock. It's still got pop aspects to it, but I think that that's like- Yeah, you're in the pop rock zone. Or like, they used to call it like power pop. mm -hmm. Like the Beatles- Yeah, I think that that's like- You know, or like- Right. You got like a hard edge to your pop. So it's not just like pop, it's like a a hard pop. Yeah. You know, it's got a rock edge. So it's kind of in that zone of like a power pop. Right, for sure. And I think that, you know, taking this song is almost like can kind of be my transition into going into more rock, more heavy stuff, because I kind of decided I'm like, I listen to, you know, this pop punk, like alt rock, like that's like the style I listen to. And I pretty much told myself, I'm like, why am I putting out music that I would not listen to? And so that was... Did you want yeah. to or dark? Because some people kind of take it and they can go into like 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 dark pop, or mm-hmm. they go into like like industrial, kind of like nine inch nails, 
kind of like like you can get this like synth really guttural synth like 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 you get into that kind of thing with like radiohead or or nine inch nails or tool and you got this really yeah. powerful and you can still use like synths and stuff but they're not happy it's not like duran duran it's not like new mm-hmm. wave it's like edge that's why I, kind of what i do i like to do like a really kind of hard edged synth st- stuff that really kind of got what i call punk aesthetic and i love mm-hmm. bands like the ramones and the clash and who's mm-hmm. to do in the replacement so i'm kind of coming from like an early 90s like like that type of thing you know guy bands like new order depeche mode and they had like this dark edge um mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a happy synth type of thing right. I'm make like a dance hit or like a, a happy you know shiny people type of thing yeah <laughs> um, I, like i want i want something that has a little menacing like i always like mm-hmm. prince i like, got this menacing thing going on it's kind of like yeah you know, you get the heavy metal you got like deep purple you get a motley crew you get you get the guns and roses you get like okay i'm gonna get uh-huh. scared of these guys yeah <laughs> it's like a little dangerous I mean, do you want to kind of put a little danger into your music where you're kind of coming yeah. over edge yeah i guess so and i think it's also just like the the style kind of has to emulate like what you're talking about and so i think that you know for like music for me is like an outlet to you know share my kind of darkest moments and so you know i always joke that i don't write happy songs because it's not something that i can just like it doesn't it doesn't like help me with anything and so i think that you know, the style kind of has to emulate what I'm talking about. So if I'm talking about, you know, this dark moment in my life, I'm going to want to go a little, a little harder, a little like grittier. You don't want girls want to have fun. Yeah, exactly. That's a little darker than that. But some people like the dichotomy of, Mm -hmm. of, of, of maybe having a happy sound, but then you listen to the lyrics and they're really dark. Yeah, I I love when artists do that, honestly. Like, there are definitely songs that I listen to. Um, even, like, you know, th- this is funny because I say I don't listen to pop music, but even, like, Taylor Swift's song that she released recently, Mr. Perfectly Fine, it's, like, mm-hmm. you listen to that song, and it's got this, like, super, like, pop upbeat, but you listen to the words, and it's, like, oh, she mad. Like, yeah. So I definitely at, like that. that kind of thing where it's, like, she's got that kind of known kind of happy thing, but then she's getting a little mm-hmm. darker with her lyrics. You know? Right. And, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's super cool when artists do that because it, there's, I don't know, there's this moment where you're, yeah. it, it messes with your brain, and it, it just makes it, like, super interesting to listen to. And I was always into Liz Fair. I don't know if you know Liz Fair. She's kind of like this idea of the girly sound. She's, like, a like in the 90s, she was a big, okay. like, like, influence with Exile and Guyville. And mm-hmm. um, she had this kind of thing where she did this, her, her interpretation of the Stones, Exile, in Main Street, but she's talking about, like, how women are kind of exiled on Main Street in the mm-hmm. pop world. And she kind of came at it with a very, it's it's poppy, but it's really dark. And, mm-hmm. and it's got this kind of really interesting lo-fi guitar edge that's kind mm-hmm. of punk. It's very yeah. punk, kind of like Riot Girl before Riot Girl. She actually called mm-hmm. it curly sound with like okay. a extra R's on it. And yeah, it, yeah. it's got this kind of edge where her voice is kind of happy sounding, but her lyrics are very 
powerful and they're mm-hmm. direct and she's very uh you know she's not saying you know the, the average pop star thing uh, mm-hmm. song, she has a darker edge and that always yeah. me, like even like tori amos she had a mm-hmm. beautiful classically trained pianist saying all this really strange dark psychedelic like bjork level stuff uh-huh. and you're like wow that's that's really interesting when you can do that you know when you can right. come in with a with a voice and then have like a darker edge or a psychedelic edge or kind of really artistic interpretation like a kate bush you know i always like look like female artists i tend to interview a lot of women artists today mm-hmm. most of the artists i've actually interviewed because i find that women are actually doing more interesting things in all genres of music than yeah. a lot of the guys are kind of like not i mean i do listen i do interviews you know Mm-hmm. out there but majority of the people in the last three years that i've, I've interviewed are, are women artists that are really pushing the genre with, with yeah. all kinds of different interpretations or voices that have never been heard as much as mm-hmm. I think heard. you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure i mean i guess you know we live in a patriarchal society and so women are always just finding new ways to kind of like get themselves heard they're you know, there's always just been kind of this oppression of women's voices. And so it's it's so interesting when you see like you know, women breaking stereotypes in music, especially like when you hear like, you know, punk women singers and stuff like that. It's like, it's always just like more interesting. Yeah, I always, as they always end up Sleater Kinney and, um, you know, the Blake Baby, Juliana Hatfield is a big, I'm a big fan of her. And, uh, like babies and I, I i used to listen to a lot of uh you know garbage and and like i i was very much into um a lot of female centered bands even like joan jett and the runaways mm-hmm. you know i'm a child of the 70s i actually bought those records when they were coming out you know, nice. when she was in the runaways you know that's where she started and that was a, yeah. like a girl punk band mm-hmm. you know like l7 and and like that really as a young kid you know i was what I, I was into the class i like the sex pistols but when i saw the runaways and i saw l7 and i saw blondie and i'm like wow i yeah. like that i i yeah. like because i I'm, i wasn't you know I, I like the ramones but i like what blondie was saying i like what the run what joan jet and, and um and the runaways were doing and i was like that mm-hmm. is like a different voice that i'm not hearing and, right. and even to this day i kind of go toward women artists that are doing that you know mm-hmm. because i think it's just in my musical taste i was like i like i like that because i like to hear yeah you know you know i'm an african-american so i mean i i like to listen to jazz i listen mm-hmm. to a lot of experimental music so my tendency is to go toward the indie the alternative college radio that's kind of where my head's at <laughs> yeah for sure um, and so yeah it's interesting um so I understand, like, I always have all these production questions, but it sounds like I don't need to really get into that. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. more, you work with producers. Yeah. You're not like a bedroom producer like me, like with all my, mm-hmm. modes, all my tape machines. And I right. Kinda, if you sat I, me I in front of lot. that computer, I would not know what was going on. Yeah. It's like, but that's not, you know, it, that nowadays that's a large part of music production. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to know how to use Ableton. You got to know how to use Pro Tools. Right. You got to be able to go. And to a DAW and, 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 and get on the grid 
and build it. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of a, I actually don't use a dog. I don't okay. use a digital. I'm totally like old school. I just mm-hmm. use nothing but like hardware machines. All my all okay. my scents are like real scents, like Moogs and Rollins, mm-hmm. and keyboards and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I kind of want to do it. Like, you know, if you talk to a saxophone player or a guitar player or a drummer, they're like, I'm not going to go use a box. Yeah. I'm going to use my guitar, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be actually going to play the drum. (laughs) Right. That's one of the biggest things that I see in just the music industry in general is like live instruments are going away. And it breaks my heart because, you know, that's something that I like whenever I produce a song, I'm always like, there needs to be live instruments on here. I am not doing this if we're just like finding a guitar thing on Pro Tools. Like, no. Like, and I, I don't know, like, why that's like a personal choice if I'm just like considered old school or whatever. But like, oh, you're doing it, the right thing. <laughs> right. I go to concerts and it's like, you know, it makes me happy when there's actually a band playing behind a singer I, or yeah, like. I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I would go see the Who. I'd see yeah. the album, right? So I have a hard time going to a band, right? And then when I hear the song, it sounds exactly like their studio album. Uh-huh. And then I see them jumping up and down and they're not really playing, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, is jumping up and down now the new thing instead of actually playing the instrument? Yep. You know, it's like, so my whole thing is like, I would go see Greg Allman, you know, on his mm-hmm. Hammond P3 actually playing and see, you know, you know like, Dickie Betts and see Eric Clapton and see all these guys in the Grateful Dead. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like to see the fact that it doesn't sound like the record. Yeah. Right? That, I, that, I think... that they're going to go out there and give me something that's actually different than the record. And mm-hmm. I understand people like to hear the hit. But yeah. I, like as a musician myself, like if I play my own, own song, it's more fun if I change it up every night. Yeah, I think that if I play it the same way, exactly the same as I wrote it, I'm like, it's very boring. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that people are like a lot of artists kind of sacrifice authenticity for entertainment in a way. And, you know, and I think that, you know, some people (laughs) think it's more think it's more beneficial to them to jump up and down instead of actually playing or to lip sync because they're doing some crazy dance instead of just singing and i guess that some people you know in the audience would rather see someone doing like some crazy dance moves but as a singer it's like no i want to i want to hear your voice like i would rather hear the authenticity and i would rather hear a live instrument rather than wheeling a soundboard onto the stage and doing like that sort of like situation yeah, I think. Easy, like like if you, as a singer today i think the problem is if you think about it like you do a song you've got all these backing tracks of your vocals right mm-hmm. And if you go to some club to play, a lot of times you're playing with like a music director that's yeah. running like a box and they're kicking off your clips. Mm-hmm. And you've decided that I'm only going to sing one of the vocal tracks because you can't mm-hmm. sing them all. Right. Right. And then you're kind of locked into the song. Yeah. Because the song structure is so tight with some of these new type of recordings mm-hmm. that you don't have as much freedom to jump around it is if you were yeah. playing with a live band, right? So if right. you come out there and your director is, I got that box and they're pushing the, the clips, mm-hmm. you are very restricted in what you can do. You know, yeah, that's true. In terms of performance. 
And so I think there, there are people that, that will say, I really need a drummer. You know, I really need uh -huh. a guitar player. I want to come out with like a full band because as yeah. a singer, then you're, I think you are going to have more fun. Yeah, for sure. You can interpret your own song and you can feel off the band. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go, if you have a real band and you want to go and extend your, your, a couple of verses, your band can go with you. Yeah. And, but your music director is going to be like, oh, I'm kind of locked into this. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not going to be able to do what the band could do, you know? Right. It's all about like that energy on the stage. Like that's like a huge thing. If, if your band isn't like moving around or giving you energy, like you're not going to be able to, you know, give a, a good performance. And so I think that like kind of going back to like, you know, having a band instead of being locked into these like backing tracks is like, it just like adds a whole new level of energy. It's just, more more for you to play off of as like the singer like the artist and then you're giving more to the audience and then the audience when they're excited they're giving more for you to play off of and so it's just like this kind of positive cycle of you know this energy and I think that that's like a huge part of live performances you need that energy because if you're not playing to you know if you're on stage alone playing to a, a an audience of just unhappy faces nothing's gonna go anywhere so yeah i mean because the other thing like in electronic music like there's a, like i kind of get confused with you know when i get booked people mm -hmm. think i'm a dj mm -hmm. when I'm actually like i'm i'm more like keith emerson or more like yes or more mm -hmm. like genesis right so i got a big stack of all these synths and right. so i come out there and i gotta i gotta do a sound check just like a band mm -hmm. and, and and you've got these other guys that'll come out and the, and the main thing of what they're doing is, is the light show mm -hmm. or, or what the digital screens are doing. And they kind of are, are stuck on their CDJ and they just come with an SD card right. and, their, and their unit. And they kind of, the light show and the video is really what's driving it more than actually playing it. Mm -hmm. they, they may have played it when they recorded it and they might be able to kind of scratch it a little bit and mix it up. But it's yeah. not the same as if you got a big stack of Moogs mm -hmm. and like in sense that you actually can play to the crowd, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think that, um, you know, I, but it's interesting today. I think there's a, I have seen a lot of people actually coming back into, for all the people that aren't using live instruments, there's yeah. a lot of people that are doing it again. Um, mm -hmm. Even in hip hop, there's been this new thing where they bring real drummers. They bring oh, cool. bass players, they bring guitar players, big horn players, and they're not just mm -hmm. doing, you know, so like there are different, certain genres are actually going back into live instruments. Yeah. And other genres maybe aren't, but but it, mm -hmm. it still exists. And so that's, it's always, I think, positive to realize yeah. that there's, there's always going to be a place for people who want to do it, and there's always going to be fans that want to see that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so... That's that's kind of cool um, to, to hear that you're 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 of the mind that you want to do that because I think as yeah. a songwriter, I think it just gives the audience like a better experience. Yeah, I think so. And what do you think about like the future of music, given like what you said? Because there is this trend to not have to use live instruments. There's like you know streaming services mm -hmm. versus you know people actually having a CD 
mm-hmm. people having like singles versus an album playlist versus an album what what are you thinking yeah so i think that honestly with like streaming services and stuff like that i'm a fan of that um you know a lot of people will say like you know i want to go back to the cd's and that's kind of stuff i i think that streaming services are an awesome way for like just a lot of people to access music it it makes it so much more accessible for people that wouldn't have been able to otherwise necessarily go to a store and buy a cd um stuff like that i think that you know the the fact that people can use streaming services i think is super cool in my opinion and it also really helps artists um you know obviously like all of my stuff is on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and YouTube and all of that. And so that that's really cool for me to be like, okay, like anyone in the world can just sign on to Spotify and like hear my stuff. And so I think that that's cool as an artist. It's cool as a listener to be able to do that kind of stuff. And so I'm like all in support of being able to have like accessible music like that. Um, I think I don't know. We we kind of touched on like the live instrument stuff. I I hope that there are still, you know, people like me of, you know, my generation who agree that like we want live instrumentation and stuff like that to stick around and that hopefully people continue to do that. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think there's definitely a trend right now leaning towards like a lot of electronic type stuff, but hopefully the classics won't, you know, completely leave us. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's like anything else. But I think it's interesting because like, cause I, I interview people from outside the US mm-hmm. and I find like, I, I talk to people like in Iceland, Netherlands, Germany, mm-hmm. there's a really big rock scene in like Hamburg. There's mm-hmm. really, if you go to London, you know, there's electronic, but there's still a lot of punk bands. Right. So, there's a if you go to different parts of the world, there's still a heavy rock presence. Like there's still yeah. bands trying to sound like Genesis or or Zeppelin or like mm-hmm. you know, like Guns N' Roses. There's people who still want to sound, you know, like Ozzy and Black Sabbath. Right. People that want to do that, and and they still are. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's just because if 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 you kind of just say look at the U.S. and you look at other play, you know other other parts of the world. You could think like, oh, it's all going one way, but when you look at the everywhere, there's there's still a lot of opportunity, and that's I think it's the streaming services that allow me to be able to talk to somebody like in, mm-hmm. in the Netherlands or or talk to yeah. in Iceland or you know talk to a, a German band or a Russian band or band in Japan, you know, and and mm-hmm. and I think that 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 I think that really helps all music. When a musician, you know, from the U.S. can talk to somebody in Korea, or talk to yeah. somebody in Ukraine or in Israel or in, in, in Egypt or something, it just opens things up where you're getting exposed to to being able to work with people. You know, this mm-hmm. podcast we've actually had artists from different places actually watch my episodes and then they contact that artist and then they go and do a collab. Right. Yeah. And 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 that's kind of where we're. A little bit of a plug for we're doing this concert, um, this bedroom series concert in July 16th through mm-hmm. 18th. And you, you and Nadia are going to be playing yep. on the 17th. And the whole idea is like we're going to take all the guests that want to. Mm-hmm. We've been talking to since 2018. They're all from all over the world. We got bands from Sweden, London, you know, the U.S., 
uh, you know, all over the world, all these different mm -hmm. places. And we're all going to come together on the net and, and, and be able to, to give people a picture of like where music is. And it's very yeah. diverse. We've got spoken word poets. We've got rock bands. We've got DJs. We've got punk bands. We've got like every type of genre you could think of, like people from Nashville. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's kind of cool to see the, you know, when I first did the ghost, because I'm electronic, people ma made the wrong impression that I would only interview electronic artists. Mm -hmm. My whole point is like, I love music. And so yeah. just because I'm an electronic artist doesn't mean everybody I interview is going to be an electronic artist. And mm -hmm. so I think that's the kind of mindset I want to have, you know, going forward is that, you know, even if you're an artist in one genre, it doesn't mean you can't talk to another person in a different genre. Yeah. There's so <laughs> much like crossover and collab. And I think like music in itself and artists and producers and instrumentalists, it's like this really, really good community. And so far it has been nothing but supportive for me and you know there are there are dark sides to the music industry as in all industries but i definitely i love the idea of like all the collaboration that happens between people i've had people in bands that i have like met once like posts like in an instagram story like hey check out these people and like tag me and it's like that kind of stuff makes me feel good because it's like We've got artists supporting artists everywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to create this whole kind of um, collective within, mm -hmm. within the podcast. And I encourage you know, anybody who's ever been on the show to like, like watch some of my episodes and then see. And you'll find like if you want to talk to anybody I've ever talked to, and you yeah. say just say, well, I've been on Peg, I've been on Phantom Electric Ghost, and you tell that artist you were on, and mm -hmm. then you like what they're doing, you might find that you could collab with them. And it suddenly yeah. it can happen, and so that kind of you know cross collaboration is what I am encouraging, and I'm hoping with this festival that all the bands that they kind of appear on those you know from the 16th to the 18th will mm -hmm. go and talk to each other, and and, and yeah. say hey maybe I want to play on your record, maybe you want to play on my record, maybe we could go do a show together, uh, yeah. really when COVID opens up, and and even in the long term going into the future where we're going to end up we're going to end here but is that yeah you know, i'm working with some um people in new york and we might be able to do this concert in new york city for real in 2022 mm -hmm. like a physical yes we love that concert and then have all these bands actually playing in new york city mm -hmm. on like kind of like a camp vlog not type of thing and mm -hmm. we just every every year as i get more and more guests on the program that mm -hmm. anybody who's a guest gets to play at the show and that's we're going to try mm -hmm. to create this kind of kind of funnel that like okay yeah you can come on the show you can actually play you can you know you can sell your merch you can do whatever it's like we, we're going to build our own venue so because we don't yeah. have to wait for a venue to let us in we're going to create our own collective and we they say well how many people are going to come it's like we, you every band brings their fans mm -hmm. and suddenly we've got a bigger set of people we can get a venue to say hey you know we can get you know, that book, that venue, we've got like 25, 30, 40 bands that, that are going to bring their fan bases in. You know? Right. And then, you know, it's a great way for people to experience like other 
bands that they never knew and I mean for me personally I always fall in love with like opening bands every time I go to concerts I end up like looking up the opening bands and like that's a great way for me to discover new music so I think that something like that where it's like people yeah people are like bringing in their fans but then the fans get to watch other artists and other bands like that's a great way for them to grow their taste in music yeah, in the seventies, I used to see some of the really great bands open. You know, mm-hmm. that that, that so they came like big. You know, right? You see an REM open for something, and I didn't mm-hmm. know who the heck they were. Yeah, like, who's this REM? And then suddenly they blow up, and I was like, "Well, I saw them." And when yeah, nobody that's knew who they were, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like you know, you, you see the talking heads when they're like weren't that big, right? Yeah, you know, and they were just playing CBGBs, and nobody really knew what they were, and they're kind of weird. And they're like, "What is this?" Uh, yeah and, and then suddenly they blew up you like burned mm-hmm. down the house and i'm like i saw them i was like i didn't understand what they were doing but like now now yeah. i get it you know but it's like yeah yeah it's just cool there's like sometimes we get first exposed to a musician and they're they're kind of like talking heads or, or rem you're like what is that like, uh-huh. but they were very different right those two bands are not what you would think would ever be popular right? yeah and then they became popular which kind of shows mm-hmm. you like if, if what people think is popular or could be popular is not always right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's great to have you on. We look forward, you to, forward to you playing on the Peg Festival. And yeah. uh, we'll be talking more about that in the future because we, we got mm-hmm. to work with them. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're glad that you were on tonight. We actually talked like more than I thought we were going to talk. <laughs> yeah, me too. So that's cool. So, yeah, this is going to be out there. Um, on my Facebook, on my YouTube, on my Twitch channel. Um, Amazing. We're going to send you the, we're actually going to convert it to Spotify and to Apple Podcasts. And so it will be out there within like an hour or two and people will be able to get to it there. And there won't be video Sounds there. That's good. Right. There will be video on these other channels. Mm-hmm. Thank you again. Dana yeah. Rose. Thank you for having me. Everybody go, remember, look at the link I have here. You go out. Yes. And that will bring you right to the YouTube. You have the Spotify version. You probably have it on all the other channels. And yeah, I, like I say with everybody, on Instagram. <laughs> go, go on iTunes, go on Amazon and actually buy it. Yes, right? please do that. <laughs> because remember with artists, I always got to tell people, it's like streaming is cool. But if you love an artist, if you really want to show that you love them, actually buy their iTunes download, yeah. buy their Amazon download. Anywhere yeah. they have it where you can buy it, Buy, you know, buy their yep. merch, buy their T-shirts, buy whatever they're selling on their website, because we're all kind of starving artists, and you need to support oh, yeah. the music that you love. So if you love Rina and you love any artist that you know that you like, that's that's a good thing. If you can give a YouTuber twenty-five bucks to play in a video game, give a give a musician ninety-nine cents for a download, please. True. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and make sure follow me on Instagram at verinarose.music. Um, yeah, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, we have your links on. We're gonna have your links on the um, actual episode. We're gonna update it to make sure we have all your. I think we have Perfect. your Spotify link on there, and yeah. we'll put your major um, link. We'll edit that so it's on there. All right, amazing. Yeah, and if we don't have it, maybe send. Make sure you if send me your website link if I didn't have it. Oh, I think yes. I have your Spotify and I have have your um YouTube. I might not have your main website, so send me. Yeah, that I will add. I do have that before I publish. So just send it on my Instagram, and we look forward. To, you know, when you have a bigger 
project or you have mm -hmm. a collection of singles, feel free to come on the show. We've talked over the last three years to artists like three, four times. So yeah. anytime you have a project, you know, feel free to tell, hit us up and we'll help support you. Yes, I will let you know. Thank you very much for being on the program. Yeah. Thank Rose. you for having me. Back to the memories. Everybody check it out. Yes. <laughs> okay, bye.